Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey, After Buzzers, and welcome to the third and final after show for HBO's The Jinx. Tonight we're recapping episode five, Family Values, and episode six, The Second Interview. And before we dive into all that, I want to make sure you guys are subscribed to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash TV. You can also find all the podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud as well, so be sure to rate, comment, subscribe, you name it. And also tweet us. We want to know what you guys think of the show, the finale, everything I'm Lauren Salon, and you can find me on Twitter at Lauren Salon. I'm joined tonight by Steph Z and Bobby Demiro. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing good. Good. Where can everyone find you on Twitter? Uh, you guys can tweet me at I am Steph Z with an F. With an F. I'm at Bobby Demiro. Awesome. Yes. All right. So let's dive into it. Family Values, Episode Five. There's not not a whole lot of meat we want to talk about in this episode because, as everyone knows, the real juicy stuff comes in the finale. But I think a few of the interesting things were, you know, initially we focus a lot on Robert's family and how he was pretty much alienated completely from his family. And it was very bizarre, but at the same time understandable, I think, for a family that's that prominent in the business world and public eye to kind of cast somebody aside like that who's been kind of causing trouble and would be bad for the image. So I thought that was just very bizarre almost how he was, like he didn't exist. The the only thing that, the thing that stood out to me about that was I would think that the family would have more trouble growing. Like I feel, I would feel like the weight of him being who he was Mm -hmm. and all the controversy around him would have played more. It seems like it didn't play at all. You know, as they say that they, you know, had all the, they got involved with the Freedom Tower, they got involved with this, they got involved yeah. with that. Those th- those seem to me like big public events. So right. and I they, was a little bit like, wow, I, I would feel like the family would suffer a little bit more than it appeared to. That right. was kind of and the only they, thing. That's I, and they said even, you know, the family, the organization wasn't really affected yeah. by his situation. Well, it's tough because they're real estate. They're not like selling services to people. So mm-hmm. it's not like they own a donut shop. You can't boycott them. It's, it's the same argument you make with Donald Trump. Like he can say whatever he wants because he's not in business for common people. He's doing right. deals. And I think this is kind of the same way with this family. It's like they can get the Freedom Tower because they're so well connected. It didn't mm-hmm. have anything to do with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't, right. This wasn't us being like, hey, we're not going to shop at these people's business. We can't buy what they're selling anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and I think it, Jarecki says in that episode, you know, he's like, well, I think it makes so much more sense and gives you an idea of why he wants to be in our film and in this show so much because he's totally cast aside from his family and not recognized in any way and was supposed, you know, with how families go and heirs of, you know, businesses, he was supposed to be kind of running running the show, you know, if if the oldest gets handed the business and he's not. So it does 
kind of explain a lot for maybe why he his motives for doing that. Because I know last week, Bobby, you were saying he's a very smart guy who got, you know, tricked. Not tricked necessarily, but a very smart guy who did a stupid thing by pretty much agreeing to do all these interviews. Right. Yeah. And... And so, yeah, and then we move on to them talking to Ed Wright, who was a private detective back when um, Kathy went missing. And they go through all his original documents, and we see a lot of discrepancies with Bob's story again, you know, with the doorman not seeing Kathy go up. And just very interesting to see the kind of power that the Durst family had back then, because back when this was happening, when Kathy went missing, you know, Bob was still part of the family and was still involved in the organization and to see how they went and hired this private detective and kept all that information everything that he found they held on to and didn't turn it into the police which makes the situation even fishier right i think you know i I think we talked a little bit about how potentially his family could have helped with covering any something up you know and and that i mean just spikes my suspicions about it when you've got money and influence and power and connections you can make a lot of stuff go Mm -hmm. away you know exactly and so the episode five kind of ends with kathy's case starting you know discussion of kathy's case to be reopened and um we see deborah bob's current wife again and they so right after bob found out that kathy's case was going to get reopened he and deborah got married pretty much so the speculation is that he did that to get spousal privilege invoked so that anything she might know about what was going on or what happened to kathy ends up being protected so that she can't testify against him because they're married which is smart move on his part i guess yeah i feel like she definitely knows like if there's one person that knows i feel like it's her Mm mm-hmm so that's very interesting. Yeah, and she's very sh- sharp, I think, too, because when you hear those recordings of them talk of her and Bob talking, and he'll say he was going to do something. I think when he's talking about going to Douglas's house, and he was, you know, thinking of maybe doing something he shouldn't be, and she says, "Don't, don't say what you were gonna, what you were thinking about. I know what you're talking about. Don't say it on the phone." You know, she's so she's very sharp when it comes to kind of the legal ins and outs of things and kind of helping to protect him. Yeah, essentially. So. Which she made, might have been coached. Oh yeah, definitely you know, for that stuff. Definitely. So we close on Susan's son or stepson, Sarah, finding this letter in Susan's things that's from Bob Durst, and the envelope matches like almost to a T the cadaver note. You know, all the way down to the misspelling of Beverly, all of it. The letters, you know, look completely the same, and so that leads us into episode six and the whole or the finale and the whole episode is really you know focusing on that letter and they bring it to a handwriting specialist who essentially concludes that yeah there's pretty much no way around it this is the same the same letter what baffles me about that is i would think and clearly this isn't the case so i don't know if you guys at all thought this i would think that jarecki would he was like withholding evidence like is that legal what he did like putting the letter in a safety deposit box and waiting to give it to the police i mean kind of what he was saying is that if he gives it to the police they're gonna then do all these things Mm -hmm. and then they're gonna interview him and he thinks that he would get a more genuine interview out of him and a more genuine answer in questioning him about this letter so it's but it seems like that's not 
that wouldn't be allowed. I right? agree. I don't know. It seems like it wouldn't. But And he does say, you know, well, this is an old case. It's not like us holding on to this for a month or something is really going to change anything that's going on right now. And it wasn't. It's not like that case was still being investigated, you know? Yeah, so, it just seemed weird. It, like, it yeah. seemed like like if you, if someone, if there's a missing person or there's, there's some law that's broken and you witness something that could figure out why something happened, I feel like it's just like a known that you're kind of obligated to tell the police. Right. I would think so, too. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. Or he could argue that Sarab had this letter and he took it from him and put him in the safety deposit box and it was safe there and you knew it was there and I will show it to you there and no one will touch it. Right. It's safer than where it was mm-hmm. with some random guy. I don't know. Yeah. And I also don't know what was the status of Susan's case right when he had the letter. Was right. it cold? Was it yeah, active? Like, well, because if you think about it, say what happens if... You know, we see that there's a struggle to get him to come back in to do this interview. And what happens if within that waiting period that they, you know, what happens if he escaped again? Yeah, or and if they he did had, something. And yeah. they didn't turn it to the police and the police didn't know where to find him. Couldn't they be like an accessory or whatever? I mean, maybe not an accessory. Maybe that's dramatic. Right. But if, some, if he you caught mean, wind. Like, what if he got yeah. away? Because it seemed like he was trying to figure out. He was that was weird. That was really he was weird. Trying, that yeah. whole Spain part. Yeah. So I don't know. I was very. I was just watching it, and I was almost distracted by that thought. That what happens if he would have fleed or got away or went somewhere, and then Jarecki would he have told the police after that? Well, we had this piece of evidence, and then the police would be like, "Why don't you tell us? We could have mm-hmm. went and got him, and we have this piece of evidence. You let this guy get away." Right. I feel like that's a lot to take on for a film. It made it awesome, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I feel like it's a lot to take on as a filmmaker. Yeah, I have no idea what the rules I, with I, that could be. I would, would say be. it depends, too, on maybe the difference between a suspect and a person of interest and just somebody they kind of want to maybe talk mm-hmm. to. And if if the police had named Bob Durst a suspect outright, I think Jarecki probably that day would have been like, okay, I have something you need to see. This is right. official now. But maybe if he's just a person that knew Susan and the police weren't outwardly publicly saying, hey, public, help us with Bob Durst information mm-hmm. or whatever it would be. Right, because I, uh, I don't think he was like the top suspect. And Jarecki can then live in that gray area and say, oh, you never named him publicly mm-hmm. as a suspect. We yeah. could have given this to you. We didn't know. You right. know. And even in that, though, Jarecki, from his previous movie that he made, kind of sits in the he's guilty place. Yeah. So it, it was a powerful choice. I loved the choice because it gave us what we got. But it was a sticky choice. Yeah. Yeah. God, I would be so c- curious to see if that's something you could get right. in trouble because he's not part of the investigation, so withholding evidence isn't necessarily, I wouldn't think, would be relevant. But I guess I can, technically they don't know it's evidence is the other thing, the other gray right, area. It's not like he to, took mm-hmm. evidence or stolen property or something like that. You know, it's it's he's like, well, this could be a tip of interest, but it could just be a guy writing a letter. I don't know. You guys are the cops. I'll right. give it to you when I give it. You know, the cops I think kind of function on tips from the public, which is like if you can give us tips, that's great, but. I don't know that they would go so far as to arrest a member of the public or whatever the case is for not giving a tip. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. the cops said right. we're looking for a letter, maybe Jarecki <laughs> would have had to be like, "Okay, yeah. come over. I have something for you." I just, I just wonder. I'm sure there had to be an agreement and some sort of uh, contract, so to speak, between Jarecki and the police of what he's finding, of what mm-hmm. you know. He's. It's almost like probably client privilege of his right. conversations. Like he would never have to testify against. 
I mean, that would be another crazy thing if for some reason they ha- th- this leads to this and they call Jarecki to testify because mm-hmm. he's the one that got this interview. I think they absolutely would call him. Uh, oh, yeah. 100%. See, I don't think they, they probably... There's no there's no filmmaker privilege. You know what I'm saying? It's not right, like but I, or but I feel like the I feel like the defense could then use that almost against him. We saw his smart lawyers saying you created this movie to frame me. You mm-hmm. set me up to say those things. You know, I feel like that's a really I think the defense would call him. Yeah. Yeah. And the defense would call him and say, you sold the narrative film, then you sold the documentary film. What is? How has this benefited your career? What is your personal right. vendetta against Durst? I don't think Jarecki has one. But you could make that argument mm-hmm. if you're from the defense or just see that yeah. reasonable doubt. Yeah, I think the defense could absolutely call him and probably should. Yeah. Very interesting. Wow. And I love it. I love that it's still kind of playing yeah, out. It's like, yeah, real. the jinx is over, but the Robert Durst story is not. very much not yeah. over. That's exciting. And I thought it was also interesting that during when they find this envelope, you know, Jarecki has a lot of kind of internal turmoil over what he's going to do about it because he does say, you know, I've built, I've established an emotional connection with this guy and I like him kind of, you know, and he trusts me and feeling kind of, you know, how, how difficult that would be for himself to do that to Bob, but then how cold it would feel from Bob's perspective to kind of be like, you know, thrown under the bus in a sense that way. Not even that. It took a, I mean, you see how uh, an amazing reporter that Jarecki is and filmmaker that he was able to keep that, you know, I mean, it's not like you're keeping in in secret, like, you know, your friends like cheating on somebody or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you just pretty much found out that this guy's a murderer. And you have to keep that even keel and go talk to him like you've been talking to him before when you kind of didn't think he was completely guilty. You knew he probably wasn't 100% clean, but you wanted to believe Mm -hmm. him. Now you know, and you have to keep that energy. And it doesn't really show. There was a couple points where I was watching, and I was like, "Mm, he might not have done that previously. But for the most part, he pretty much did keep it the same. And I don't don't think at all Bob Durst felt that. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. And and I think we even see that a little bit with Jarecki have, having this realization of like, well, gosh, I've never been afraid of him up until this point, And now I'm a little unsure about yeah. things, you know, and and his nervousness. And I think with the, you know, they're creating this TV show and this documentary. I think they did a very good job of kind of putting Jarecki into the finale in this way and like showing that kind of human perspective of it you know because he's said he's after discovering the truth and finding out the truth of the situation but of course he's also wanting to make a documentary about this and so i thought i just appreciated that a lot from their perspective of making the series that way and putting his perspective in it yeah i appreciated that they showed us too how they kind of role played the situations to prepare him for the conversations what if he said this what if he said this you know do i just call him out and say i feel you did it like Mm -hmm. i I really enjoyed watching that thought process right the way that they would have to play it so he couldn't back out of a corner essentially that was very interesting yeah i'm a little skeptical of jarecki though because he took a personal liking to Bob Durst. Mm -hmm. And if he talks out of one side of his mouth and says, I want to get the truth, if you want to get the objective truth or as best as you can get close to it, 
you can't then be subjective with your subjects. And he got, you know, part of this is the Bob Durst gift that you can make people trust you when you're like Mm -hmm. that. And that's why he's in the position he's in, because these women trusted him and maybe Morris Black trusted him to a certain extent, whatever happened there. But Jarecki should know better. And I know he's not a journalist. He would call himself a filmmaker. And that's an important distinction between Mm -hmm. filmmaker and journalist. But... When you're dealing with a real world situation like this, you have to remove yourself enough, you know, right. and you can't you can't like Bob Durst. You can say he's likable, but I think Jarecki goes the next level. Nothing weird and inappropriate, but just a step too far to be like I found myself liking him or I enjoyed his company or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. You can't do that. I know, but on the other hand, if you're, you know, you're wanting to have such an intimate interview with somebody and try and find out all these things about what makes them tick and all these, like, terrible situations that have gone on in their life, whether or not they've caused them themselves or not, you know, there is a large level of empathy and kind of connection that you do have to make. You know, it would be very difficult, I think, to get there if you just hated the person that you're sitting across the I'm table I'm not saying from. you hate him. I oh, just no, say you emotionally no, remove yourself. Right, yeah. right. Like you have to, it's almost like you're acting. It's like you yeah. have to yeah. be able to make exactly. that connection and make that person trust you so that they'll tell you the juice, but after you walk out of the room, you have to be like, that was just business. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very challenging. And I think you're imagine. skeptical of everybody. Personally, you should say Bob Durst is a killer, but you should also say these cops who just interviewed, they don't know what they're talking about. I mm-hmm. think they got the wrong guy. I think you have to be skeptical of everybody to keep it safe. Right. Yeah. I think he's just a little too trusting early on of Bob. And I think that's why episode six is so compelling, because his trust is shattered. Yeah. You know, Episode six is so compelling because he kind of starts going down a dangerous road in one through five, and he's a little too trusting. Mm-hmm. And then six comes and real world hits, and you're like, He's you like, dang, I was kind of liking him, yeah. and now I'm realizing, <laughs> yeah. what was I thinking? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, it was very good. I like that, you know, flipping the camera on him a bit more and and we see I thought it was peculiar I guess with Bob's whole Spain thing you know him saying that telling the filmmakers he's in Spain Barcelona or Madrid you know and then telling Sarah you know don't tell them that I'm in LA actually you know I don't think I want to go through with this and that whole was his whole Spain talk just trying to get out of doing the second interview at all I think so. I think it was to get out of it, and I think it was just to make him look busy, to make him look important, to make him look not... Um, I mean, if they say he's in L.A., it's why is he in L.A.? What's he doing there? Mm-hmm. Someone was killed there. If he's in New York, you know, I feel like it was just a random place that was safe. Yeah. But, it seems I mean, so, it seems so, so weird. bizarre. Yeah, yeah such like a picturing bizarre... him in Barcelona or Madrid is like, hmm... <laughs> But yeah, it was such an intricate, well, not that intricate of a lie, but such a random lie to tell instead of just like, oh, I don't feel like it. But right. then again, I feel like he's a very complex person who probably is used to lying a lot. Right. Makes sense. I mean, I, I doubt his character a lot. <laughs> no, you do, and you have to doubt it after yeah. that, and that establishes the fact that he lies and we all lie about stuff on different levels but like when you're in this situation and then you establish yourself objectively to be a liar you really have to start questioning Mm -hmm. stuff like that well it's funny i think that you know he established himself as a liar episode one or episode two when we find out that he told the cops that he went to have coffee with his neighbor and this and that and he's like well if i I wouldn't have said that you guys would have thought i did it i needed to if i say that then the police go away but it's funny because Mm -hmm. as we watch even though we see and he expresses and he tells us that he lies we're still kind of like 
we don't think he's lying again until he tells us or it's proven wrong again. Right. You, you almost yeah. believe the things that he's saying until they're not true rather than, or at least for me, I believed what he was saying until I heard it was not true rather than knowing from the beginning he tells lies and mm-hmm. looking at everything as a lie until it's true. Right. So, oh, I'm right there with you. I mean, there have been several times, you know, and even when he says like, oh, well, nobody tells the whole truth. Yeah. You know, no one tells the whole truth, maybe parts of it. And and when he's coaching himself with like, I did not intentionally lie. I did not intentionally mislead you, you know, down some path. And and I myself as well find myself, you know, believing him or kind of empathizing with him to a certain extent and feeling sorry for him and then being like, wait, I also believe that he probably did all these awful things. So, oh, tricky, tricky, tricky guy. So he ends up, Bob ends up getting arrested for breaking the order of protection against Douglas, his brother. And then were the tables kind of turn again because Jarecki had been trying to get him to do the second interview that he said that he wanted to do, and he's been backing out. But now with this arrest, his lawyers ask Jarecki to provide the footage from when they were filming in Times Square, like near Douglas's place, to kind of get Bob off the hook for that whole issue. You know, that would that would drop the charges, all that. And so Jarecki smartly, obviously, offers to trade the footage for the second interview, which who knows if he hadn't done that, if Bob ever would have agreed to that second interview. I think he eventually would have. I think so, too. He, yeah, see, he likes to... Yeah. I didn't read it that way, and maybe I missed that, but I read it that because I was actually took note that when Jarecki called him to say about the film, mm-hmm. he was like, yes, I'll give it to you, and he's, he said, you know, just what you need so that it doesn't show what my film's doing, and then it was a separate phone call when Bob called him and said, I'm ready to be filmed if you're still interested. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think he... I think subconsciously he used it as the leverage, but it wasn't like, I'm only giving you the footage if you do my interview. Right. But Jarecki even said, you know, now we've got all this leverage to be able to get him, make sure we get him back in here. So Bob probably wasn't that against doing the follow-up, but that was an extra little nudge to get him to do it. Yeah, and I think Jarecki was smart enough to know if I give him what he wants, he'll come to me rather than him feeling pressured because then he might think that I have something. Right, exactly. So lots of smart choices by Jarecki. Oh, yeah. Definitely, because, I mean, as as we've said, Bob is, I think, a very intelligent person, and he's comes off very unassuming, I think. When you watch him in these interviews, seems like a pretty meek, gentle, and, like, shy guy, but I think really is a very smart and pro- manipulative and guy, and so... Jarecki definitely played it smart and played it the right way to convince him to come back in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think. And so then we get Bob back in for this the second interview and Jarecki's going through all the stuff he's got, you know, so the cadaver note, like the writing and all that, and then he's got the letter to Susan that Sarah found. So he's saying, Okay, so here's this letter, did you write this? And Bob doesn't which, when I'm watching this, when Bob doesn't necessarily remember writing that letter, I'm I'm wondering, okay, is he that smart to be denying that he wrote that, or does he just not remember at all? What uh, do you guys think? I think he didn't 
remember because then he admitted to writing it, but he didn't remember why. I felt, and again, who knows? Because it's this guy. But I felt that that was kind of genuine. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he put together that maybe I misspelled the same city name on the envelope, and that's where they're going. Right. Like, not I don't not think that far, knew. but even just the letter itself. You know, with Bob, yeah. like play dumb is probably better. The better option. No, because even I, just with the letter. Yeah, but I feel like it. He thought it was gonna make him look good because he was giving her money. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't yeah. know. I, I I didn't think that that was fishy. Did you? I just that last interview. I think we caught Bob in the biggest lie, and he was just deny, deny, deny because he was right. on his toes and or on his heels, I guess. And he had to just be like, if I deny everything, I can think about my next move. I can think about my next move. Because remember, he came to Jarecki, like we mm-hmm. just said. Jarecki right. didn't come to him. Jarecki waited him out, and he came. So Bob said, okay, whatever this interview is, it's probably nothing. Maybe it's little things to clear up. Whatever, I can handle it. I've got my story straight. Mm-hmm. And then the variable comes out, which is the letter. And to him, I think he finally got caught in a lie that he couldn't wiggle out of right away. Right. And if he had had more time, if Jarecki had called him and said, can we interview you about this letter? Mm-hmm. He would have thought for three days and said, what's my story? How do I do? But yeah. right there confronted with it, the easiest thing to do is just be like, I don't know. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. You know, it's the easiest thing to do yeah. is deny. Because right. it's plausible deniability in a certain sense. And then you can come up with a better story like that, you know, ridiculous Morris Black excuse. Mm-hmm. So. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so like we said, you know, he says, oh, well, I guess it's possible I could have sent her a check. Yeah, that sounds about right, you know. And then obviously pulls out the the envelope with the misspelled Beverly and, you know, it's got Bob's return address on it and everything and Bob, you know, reads it and comments on the misspelled address just like he did with the cadaver note and then when they're comparing the two together, you know, but it's so interesting because Bob's like, well, this is block letters. Block letters look the same no matter who writes it. I'm like, no, they don't, first of all. No, it was <laughs> like, pretty clear. It was yeah, the same and he writing. can't, you know, can't tell which which one was his and which wasn't, which I personally think is very telling because seconds before that he says, okay, whoever wrote the cadaver note with this envelope, that's the killer, clearly. Yeah. And then See, he- I thought it was a very smart choice for him not to, be, not to pick which one he thought was his because clearly they were the same mm-hmm. and if he would have by if he would have for some reason picked the cadaver one you oh, know yeah. what I mean like he wouldn't have been able to explain that so for him being like I don't know I can't tell they look similar like that was a smart that was him being prepared for you right. know it took the, him from being presented with the letter to get to that point and he got prepared to the I don't know yeah, yeah that's the kind of the best the best option he had was to yeah. not know instead of picking one because yeah. picking one you know could have could have gone right, could have gone very wrong, but saying he doesn't know still isn't good for him, you know, right. if he can't tell the difference between the two, which are both his writing, so it seems. Right, but in the same sense, if I was to sign my signature and someone, hypothetically, was to forge my signature and the cops asked me or someone asked me which one is which, I mean, you you know how you sign your name, but every single time you write it, it's slightly different. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, I think that's a hard I don't know. Do you guys not agree? Do you think you could, like, pick yours out always? I, I don't know. I think so. Really? No, absolutely not. I sign my name different every time. I yeah. sign my name differently a lot, too, but a lot of things stay consistent, or I'll know, like, if I was in a super rush, what letters I'm going to miss and what, like, ones I'll include. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to no, test kidding. it out. Yeah. The more telling <laughs> thing for me is the consistent misspelling of Beverly. Right. How does yeah. somebody in that 
uh, economic realm. I know he's on the East Coast, but still. Yeah. How does somebody in that economic realm, with that education, with that background, not know how to spell Beverly? You know, it's clear. It, the chances of, of two different misspellings of Beverly mm-hmm. like that are, that's the red flag to me. And you could never prove that probably because, sure, a lot of people probably do misspell Beverly. But to me, that's like, wait a second, dude. Now, <laughs> you do have you th- to own up to that. Yeah. There's no other E. <laughs> do you think that he, that was maybe something, because I know you've said a little bit in the past, Bobby, that maybe he's like throwing these things out to kind of intentionally get caught, perhaps. Do you think the misspelling is intentional or completely unintentional, but just he can't spell better. I think that's a great question. I think to a certain extent, maybe there's a subconscious thing going on, or like we talked about last week, it's like a game to him, mm-hmm. and maybe this is part of the game. You know what I mean? I'm going to send a letter. I'm going to spell Beverly the same. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe you have this old letter. Maybe you don't. Oh, crap, they have it. The game changes, which yeah. is a weird thing to say, but I, I almost feel like there's a certain point to that where he's like yeah. playing a game with these guys can you solve this how many more people am i going to kill until you get me and i don't think he's hopefully he's done killing if you know <laughs> let's not be doing this anymore but I, I think it's almost a game to him he's yeah. challenging people to catch him i wonder if he knows somebody named beverly and it's spelled that way dun, dun. i don't know it's it's. I just got so <laughs> creeped out for a second. It's like you know we all cover so many after shows, but like this is like a real like. And you're like this guy could kill more people. Like this is like come a after real. Us. He's not. No. no I'm just kidding. But I mean, it's just it's so interesting. Like that is actually possible. You know, like this guy's still. I mean, he's in jail now, but or whatever. But he's not. Um, like who knows? It's crazy. Yeah, it's not a done, not a no, done deal. Yeah, at it's all. not a fiction. It's not fiction. Right. Yeah, so Jarecki kind of concludes it, and I thought it was so oh, it was so uncomfortable after that, after he brings that out, and he's like, well, there we have it. And he's like, okay, cool. Thanks, Bob. I guess we're done. And everyone's, like, really uncomfortable. They're, like, offering him sandwiches and stuff, like, in the background. <laughs> They're like, hey, Bob, want one of these sandwiches? This is so great. And everyone's, like, knows what just majorly happened. Bob goes to the bathroom, keeps his, with his mic on, of course, and we hear... His supposed confession is what people are saying. You know, where he's saying, oh, you're caught. Like, look, you know, look what you've done, essentially. There it Um, is. You're caught. You're right, of course. But you can't imagine. Arrest him. I don't know what's in the house. Oh, I want this. What a disaster. He was right. I was wrong. And the burping. I'm having difficulty with the question, what the hell did I do? Killed them all, of course. Yeah, so not completely But what do you guys, yeah, what do you, what do you make of that? For me, that was talking to Jarecki, Susan, and Morris in there. Yeah, it was almost like multiple personalities. Yeah, right. and, and he's Which done that. We see him go from first person to third person back and forth. But here, where he says he was right, I was wrong, that made me think of the Morris Black. Mm-hmm. Like, Morris, he, like, I... I was wrong in fighting him, and then that's why I cut him up. I don't know what else is in the house. That's Susan's house because they clearly found the letter in the house. Um, You're right, of course, to Jarecki. You know, to me, that's clear that there's something. His brain is not, for whatever reason, not processing the way that most people's do. Right. And and it's weird. Like, there it is. You're caught. About himself. About himself. You're mm-hmm. right, of course, probably Jarecki. Yes. But you can't imagine, maybe Jarecki again, arrest him. Like a third person. Arrest this right. guy. No, no, dude, mm. it's you. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> it's it, so it, weird. It's totally back and forth. <laughs> and, and it does seem like, so, I mean, bottom line, I don't think that's all that telling. 
what he said I, in there. I think I it's very know. suspicious, and it does raise your eyebrows and make you feel like he's confessing and stuff. But I don't feel like it's all, like there it is, he confessed at all because he could be playing. I mean, I talk to myself sometimes. I mean, I'm not like confessing to murders or anything, but right. you know, when you're like, oh well, blah 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 blah. You know, he can just be like role playing this back and forth. Yeah, with I don't himself. think this would hold up in court to get this guy. Arrested right. and no. put in jail. I think it's very telling. I think that maybe because everyone's been talking about it before we got there, it, for me it was a little bit like deflated. I thought something mm. else would yeah. happen to be bigger. But yeah, for me, this is this right here would give him the plea of insanity <laughs> more than anything else yeah. to and me. We, yeah, and we did have shout out to one of our, our viewers out there who commented on one of our YouTube videos saying that potentially it's a dissociative identity disorder thing, which I know we just said, you know, sounds like he's talking to a lot of different people, but obviously we aren't experts in that, so who knows mm-hmm. if that's really he could, what could he, be going on. He could tell Jarecki in detail exactly how he killed all three people on camera in an interview, and it will not hold up in court. His lawyers will be able to remove that. You know right. what? So. For me, too, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit disappointed that it ended just like that. I right? wanted to see Follow the reaction. In some way. Yeah. I wanted to see what Jarecki and them were doing when this happened, it was like I was like, "Are you serious? That's it. It's done." Yeah, you know it's, what? What of them being like, "Shit, what do we do? We're gonna call the cops. What do we do?" You know, right. I wanted to see something more than just him taking a somewhat long time in the bathroom. I know. And, I'm like, gosh, do we want to be hearing all this? <laughs> yeah, it was really. Um, yeah, I, I wanted something. I wanted a bow. Yeah. I wanted it to be wrapped up with a little bow. I, I agree, but at the same time, the ending that way is so dramatic and so chilling, and it just makes you, like, want to dive into, like, researching everything and getting obsessed with yeah. the case and, you know, all that. So I think I think they wait, the way that they did it leaves you, like, in a cliffhanger of sorts and wanting to follow up with whatever next Jarecki does related to Robert Durst, if he does anything, but... Yeah, I agree. It would have been nice to have a little, uh, you know, some closure there instead of just like a, oh my gosh moment. Right. Completely. But yeah, what about Bobby? What do you, what did you think of the um, the way they left it? I guess I didn't mind it too much. I uh, yeah, I guess I, I I didn't I didn't think what you were saying, but actually it's interesting to think about because the whole episode is so much about Jarecki mm-hmm. that usually I hate it when filmmakers make films about right. themselves. It's the epitome of narcissistic, we don't care about you, tell a universal story. In this case, he had to do it because he became part of the story and I thought it was appropriate the way he did it in episode six, especially showing his production team making calls and interviews, totally appropriate. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to do that, go all the way to the barn with it and finish up with it. I would love to see them, you know, their audio guy discovering this audio the next day and being like, holy crap, or whatever it is, you know. And the other part of this is, just like um, Bob Durst getting caught in that supermarket shoplifting when he had 35 grand in his car, he's already been caught once talking on a hot mic yeah. with Jarecki. Yes. He knows. 
Right. And so right. he's doing it again. And maybe he thought he was out of range in the bathroom or something, but he knows he's mic'd up. Uh-huh. So for him to do it again, it's maybe, to me, this reinforces my theory that's probably wrong, but it's part of the game. He's trying to get caught. He's trying to play cat and mouse with mm-hmm. them. There's no other explanation. Yeah, exactly. Because right. like, I, I was thinking that exact same thing, too. I'm like, for one, if you're going to say anything, like, wait until you're in your car far away from there. Don't say anything potentially incriminating anywhere where you've just been filming stuff that's being recorded. Right, but to, to just to play devil's advocate for a minute about that, you gotta, at that point in time, in this guy's mind, he's like, holy shit, this game mm-hmm. that I've been playing is finally coming, like, to an end, there's so much happening. So does he think when Jarecki walks away, maybe his mic... Like, I feel like the mic is the last thing he's thinking right. about because what the hell just happened? Yeah. He just got caught. So he's in his own mind being crazy like he is, being like, oh, of course, what did I do? What, uh, and you know, where whatever. were the lawyers, too? Because when, back when he did the first hot mic thing, his lawyer came in and was like, hey, buddy, you're being recorded. Zip it, Okay. And this time, I would think, especially since they he was hesitant to go back into the interview, I would think that somebody from his legal team would be there, right? It would have been more interesting if it ended too maybe if he would have just they... admitted it right to Jarecki. Because then what would they have done? Then that, that's a bit more incriminating. Yeah, you can't take that most likely as a confession, but, that but that's like, a lot more damning. Look at the very gotcha. last thing he said. What the hell did I do? Killed them all, of course. Yeah. It's, it's <gasps> talk about a downer. It's, it's, it's not it's dramatic. It's so nonchalant. Yeah, Killed them all, of, of course. Oh, what I do? Killed them all, of course. Yeah. It's almost like, you already knew this. Now you yeah, got it. You know, it's such a weird way for him to phrase it, and maybe it's a personality issue or whatever. But it's not dramatic. It's not, like, stressed out. It's, like, so matter-of-fact. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a second. The, he knows that the game is up, or whatever you want to call it. And he's like, well, they got me. Yeah. You know, they figured it out. And you're like, okay. <laughs> it's like, damn. Right. Sure. Yeah. Bummer. <laughs> Caught. Yeah. I wonder how this is going to play out. I really think this guy is going to plead the insanity or something. I, I feel like there's... But Go ahead. if he... Here's the thing about that. We know that he likes his freedom and control over his life. If he pleads insanity, he loses access to his money, his freedom, doing whatever he wants to do. Why does he do. lose access to his money? Well, he's ends up going into a treatment facility, so he can't, like... Into he a lose. very posh treatment facility right, that probably only most likely, people like him can afford to go to, which is, like, home arrest well, like, and psychiatrists will come to his house. No, he's probably going to be in a in a psychiatric hospital, not in a, know. like, house arrest situation. I feel like... So well, That, we'll though, I feel like would be his, like, last resort because that is giving up so much freedom and so much control over his life, you know? I would argue completely against that, that he has really nothing to live for. He doesn't yeah, have any well, people sadly. around him. I don't, I'm not buying the wife as like a soulmate no, for him. No, no. Um, he doesn't have people around him. And I think he's kind of of a personality that he also doesn't want people around him. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have family. His family's deserted him. He doesn't have the business. He's not rich. He's living off their money that they earned and he did not. So I think he's looking at his life as an older man now. And maybe not being like, what's the difference if I go to jail? But really kind of being like, what am I living for? You know, if I get caught, I get caught. If I don't, I don't. But like, what's the difference? You know, it's not his lifestyle's not, 
Yeah, he's got money, but what's he doing with it? He's just running around with his weed and his guns everywhere. And he was living in an awful place in Galveston. It's not like he's like living it up. No, he's right. you know, he's yeah. struggling. Right, but I would think that that him being able to choose how he's living and yeah. what he where he's living is. I also saw this thing. I don't know if not. you guys saw this. I saw this thing on the Insider last week that there was two other possible murders now that he might be linked to. That they like these kids. They drew someone drew a sketch and it ma- like matched him. Hmm. I didn't see like, that. Yeah, it was. I forget. Exa- I just saw it in passing, and I was like, oh, I wish I would have recorded that. But yeah, something oh, like he could possibly be linked to some other murders. Were they people that he knew? I don't think it just showed a picture, and it was a man and a woman, oh. and the, and then there was like this sketch, and then they showed a picture of him. And they showed a picture of him then mm -hmm. in the orange suit, like, in a car, kind of, like, talking. It seems to me, if we assume he committed all three, which might be a safe assumption, it seems to me that he had a motive behind all three. I mean, who knows with his first wife? Who knows what the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like he's killing random people or he's killing... A serial killer kind of has a need to do that in a predatory way. He did it more out of self-preservation. So he Mm -hmm. did the first murder, which may have been an accident or whatever right. happened and then Susan Berman was like I gotta shut her up and then Morris Black was like I gotta shut this guy up mm-hmm. and I think he would only kill people it'd be interesting if these people had a connection to him or right. had something that some dirt I don't know that it's been proved you know. that it was him or whatever but yeah, I definitely saw there was some speculation yeah about oh, him being connected to it, some other yeah. murder it, well, it seems to me like it would have to be somebody who has a connection to harming him because it doesn't seem like he's out there as a predator. He's not killing strangers. Completely he's killing agree. people who who have something against him, or he thinks they do. He's killing people he loves, man. Totally yeah. better than killing strangers. Right, and I... <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I agree with that. And I think we said a few weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, that's week three, and previous week, <laughs> that... Um, you know, one of the detectives in Galveston said, you know, I don't think he enjoys killing. I don't think he seeks it out. I think he, get, if he gets backed in a corner, he'll do yeah. what he needs to do. Right. You know, he'll kill. As weird as this to. sounds, if he walks on this murder too or whatever, if they try him or whatever, I don't know that he'd ever kill again. Unless somebody else came forward yeah. who was in his circle and said, I have this evidence, and then he'd go kill right, him. Right, because... But he's not going to walk down the street and kill a guy. Right, because it seems like the situation has kind of been cleaned up. Yeah. You know, with Susan's death, that was kind of the last one linking. He's or, a little more fragile so now, know. too. Yeah, that's, that's true as well. I think he's gonna... I don't know. I, I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like he's gonna get off. Yeah. Well, I here's feel a- like he... I do not feel like he will spend his life in jail. And, and in Galveston, uh, the Texas, if anything goes back there, there's death penalty there, right? For murder? It won't, though. He's already been acquitted. Yeah, yeah he's, he's been, been acquitted. Done with Texas, so we're so in So where LA is now. he right now? He's, he's, in, in, LA? he's in New Orleans. He's in Louisiana, New Orleans. yeah. And he, yeah, yeah. I believe his Aren't case... they moving him to L.A.? What, what's what's, yes, the, what's but, the current so update of his situation? His hearing for his Louisiana charges is... Oh, April 2nd, which has already happened. <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> Oops. <laughs> was April 2nd, so... Oh, gosh. Someone look it up quick. Um... So, yeah, so after the Louisiana drug and weapons possession charges were dealt with, he was going to be, I believe, moved back to L.A. for that yeah. all to start. And a lot of people, I think what I want to clear up, you know, with your guys' help, a lot of people are saying that this movie is what got him arrested. That is false, correct? 
I don't we know. Don't, we don't know. So here's I mean, the thing. I mean, the weapons and guns charges in Louisiana. Well, in New Orleans, yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't relate to the movie. But I think that the public pressure of this sort of stuff is probably facilitating some of the interest in the case in Beverly Hills, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. It has to. Well, so here's the thing. Because it all happened, it was timed very nicely together, obviously. The finale happened, he was arrested the next day, and... So a lot of people assume that, oh, my gosh, the confession in the bathroom or the letter, that's what they need. the police needed. And they saw that, and they went and arrested him. Definitely not. No, the One, after production was wrapped and before this thing went on TV, I'm sure the police knew what was in it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. after Jarecki got what he needed to get, I'm sure he told them before the general public saw it. I doubt, though, that the letter and the non-confession confession is all that prompted his arrest. I mean, I would think... I have it right here. Uh, they had, would have to have a ton of more solid evidence before you're going to dive in like that, especially knowing what happened back in Galveston, how he got off with a pretty much, like, wrapped up with a bow on it case for the, you know, for the other side to win, and then they lose. So I would think they'd need a lot of solid evidence before getting going after him again. Well, but remember, too, the interesting thing, in Galveston, they had the body, but they didn't have the head, and the head yeah. was where the shot yeah. happened, so they didn't they have the evidence. The they didn't find it. In New what York, they did? In New York, <laughs> they don't have a body. Right. No body, no murder. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, you know, you can't, you can declare a person dead, but you can't assume they were murdered if you don't have a body. And in L.A., we don't know what they have to reprompt all this stuff mm-hmm. when the thing's been going on. Right. But from what we know, from what we saw in the film, it's it's... A lot of circumstantial evidence. I agree with you that that as it stands right now, he could easily walk. You know? yeah. Right, but and if if that if all we saw is all they have, which I doubt, yeah. that's all they well, have. Well, apparently he was. Um, defense attorneys are now asking judge to throw out the most recent drug drug and gun case against the millionaire heir. Court documents show investigators found marijuana and a revolver in Durst's New Orleans hotel room after he was arrested on murder charges last month. His attorney says the officials searched the room without a proper warrant. He was taken into custody in March shortly after the final chapter of an HBO documentary about his life called The Jinx aired. So he was arrested for the murder first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. and found with all that stuff. So, yeah, So, but I, I mean... It says uh, the hearing on the drug and gun charges will continue Thursday, but there's no mention of a murder. Yeah, they're wrapping up the Louis, you know, taking care of that minor issue in Louisiana. Yeah, it says, this is just the tip of the iceberg for Durst. He is accused of killing his friend and author Susan Berman back in 2000. But again, that's... Well, time for extradition. They gotta have a jinx, too. Yeah, Jinx too, Jarecki. Let's see it. I want to see it. Yeah. So, any any other things you guys would have wanted to see from the series as a whole, aside from maybe the closure or seeing like the reactions I, from the cat or the staff? I like the how the real story is paralleling this, and I think it's super interesting how we don't know what's happening because it leads us to have all these opinions. But I also think it would have been really cool to have the ending like it end 
what he said to the bathroom go to Black Sheen and then bring it back up and him being in court in the actual court case and see what the mm. end was if it was already finished but it's not yeah, that wonder... would have been really cool just to see like this is what we did and then you know fade to black come back up and see him getting acquitted or him getting off and you're like well how did that happen you know yeah um, yeah, but that's I'm, just, like, the curiousness in me. that, Like, I want an answer. Right. I wonder if Jarecki will do some sort of follow-up based on the... I think you have to now. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely think so. Yeah, I mean, even if it's, you know, an, an hour special or a two-hour special of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the case. I almost wish that he, that Jarecki would have included... So... In All Good Things, the fictional version of the Robert Durst story that Jarecki made, the the film version, um, Ryan Gosling plays the Robert Durst character. And I'm so curious about, like, his kind of Gosling's perspective of what that would have been like to play him or how he would have kind of the preparation for that, just from a you know, acting perspective. I don't necessarily think it would have made a lot of sense in the documentary, but maybe like a you know, 10-second clip or something of that back when when Jarecki's talking about the film. But I think that could have been so interesting because, like I said, I mean, I watched it for the first time like a year ago before I even, I had no idea it was even related to a real-life situation or anything, you know? And then re-watched it a few weeks ago when this, the jinx was all going on. And it's so much better when you watch it knowing the real-life situation that inspired it. And so, yeah, so I'm just curious from the, like, yeah, Gosling's perspective, specifically, like, playing Durst. Gosling, if you'd like to come in, we'd love to have you. Come on, you you can sit right here. (laughs) We've got a spot for you. (laughs) (laughs) What? You you don't want to invite Gosling? No, you you? guys do what you do. (laughs) Oh, come on. We love Ryan Gosling. Yeah, so should we, anything else we want to? Let's predict. Do you think he did it or not? And now... You're after Buzz TV predictions. Alrighty. I do think he did it. And I'm, I've said that since the beginning. I do think he did all three of them. And I wouldn't be surprised, though, if his legal team gets him acquitted in some way. I'm so curious to know what the new evidence is, aside from what we saw in the show because like I said a hundred times I there's got to be more than that so I'm very curious to see that but I I wouldn't be surprised if his legal team gets him off but I'm hoping that isn't the case because I feel like he did it but I don't know what do you guys think very confidently clearly <laughs> yeah I feel I don't know like I know it's like I feel like it's kind of dumb to say out loud but I feel right? a little bit confused. Hey. I feel like he probably did it but in his head there's a really good justification for it and the lawyers will play on that. I mean, I don't know. Kathy could still be alive. Kathy comes out uh, you of know, hiding. That, it's just so weird because it's it's like that. With sometimes you have really smart people, and you know, we they say there's really smart people that have no common sense. And we see along this whole path how he's somehow made a mistake here, or there, everywhere. Whether it be the the bags floating up or this that, you know, there, there's mistakes always happening. And I feel like there would be something by now that would have 
somehow led to Kathy. Like the fact that we have nothing, yeah. we found and everywhere else we found something. We found multiple things, and the fact that we have nothing oh. makes me uh, curious. It's so creepy. I mean, she's for sure dead, and someone killed her. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right? Would you I'm, bet your life on it, though? No. Like, there I wouldn't bet my life on the fact that there wasn't a struggle. No, I'm just kidding. Right. I would bet my life on the fact that Morris Black was chopped up into pieces, but I wouldn't bet right. my life on the fact that there wasn't an argument and he yeah. didn't say something to piss him off and this and that. You know, you just don't yeah. know. And no. that's the thing about this that's so interesting because even though we have so much information, you still, there's no clarity because he's so warped in a way. Yeah. Because we he talks first truth. person, this person, that. Right. Yeah. You can't handle the truth. I know, we can't. But yeah, can I we? feel a little bit all over the place still. I want to see how it, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out in real life. Yeah. I think he did it, for sure. I think he's going to be acquitted. With what we know now, um, if LAPD or Beverly Hills has something we haven't had made public, but knowing what we think is the evidence based on what Jarecki has told us and shown us, I don't think it's anywhere near enough. And no Mm -hmm. no body, no murder in New York, so that's not going to happen. I think he'll be acquitted, and the parallels to OJ in a lot of ways are fascinating. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of money, good defense, reasonable doubt, yeah. public figure, air, you know, whatever, rich people. Um, it's an interesting thing. So maybe there'll be another parallel to OJ where after you get acquitted from your major thing, you, you go karma, back to jail karma for a while. catches up to you. So maybe the <laughs> yeah, drug and gun charges will get him. But whatever it is, I think he gets, knowing what we know now, I think he right. gets acquitted. Right. But I don't think what we know now is what they It may know. not be. It may yeah. not be. Oh, yeah. man. I wonder, so too, much. I'm really curious. I wonder if in the documentary they actually found other stuff that because of laws they had to. You know, we just believe because we watch it that mm-hmm. way that everything that they found they showed us. Right. And that it was complete and nothing was edited. Like, he could have said three more sentences in the bathroom or he, yeah. you know, that it, it's Like, it's he, he reaches into his mic and he's like... Did you guys get that? Ha <laughs> ha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I mean, totally, but it's possible. Yeah. So, I yeah, just can't exactly, wait to see though. It it's it's a TV show, so we don't know what, granted, it's a documentary, but we don't know what they edited out and what they decided to show us and decided right. not to. So, very intense stuff. Thank you guys out there so much for tuning in and for watching along with us these last three weeks. It's still going on very much in real life, so we want to know what you guys think of Robert Durst, the case, the jinx, all of it. Tweet at us. I'm Lauren Salon. You can find me all over the internet, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, at Lauren Salon. And where can everybody find you guys online? You guys can find me across all the social media platforms at I-A-M-S-T-E-F-Z, including Periscope. I actually started. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm on Twitter at Bobby DeMuro. Just Twitter. <laughs> I got uh, other stuff. Hey, Nobody, it's all right. Keep Instagram, it whatever. simple. Keep it yeah. simple. Keep it short and sweet. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.